Hola a todos. Welcome back to Taskmaster is Wonderful Podcast. I'm Eric, and today I'm talking about episode one of Dicho y Hecho, No Sooner Said Than Done. This was Spain's adaptation of Taskmaster way back in 2018. Unfortunately, only five of the eight planned episodes made it to air, so we don't have an official winner but hopefully it is still a lot of fun to watch. Um, this season was led by La Jefa, the boss, Annabelle Alonso, and her El Ayudante assistant, Jose Carbacho. It's a departure from other adaptations because they had six contestants and each episode is two hours long. Uh, we have our contestants, David Fernandez, uh, he's an actor, comedian, and singer. Elena Friazzi, she's an actor. Guizaldi Nunez, she's an actor. Uh, Leonor Lovato, she's an actor, comedian, and YouTuber. Pablo Carbonell, a singer, comedian, actor, and Secunda La Rosa, an actor and playwright. Before we get to the tasks, let's take a closer look at two of the contestants. First, David Fernandez, his longest-running TV show was La Pella Correa, the barbershop um and then he's from what i can tell he is best known for his character rodolfo chicloquatra um it's a famous character he played in the 2008 eurovision song contest his song was called baila el chiqui chiqui and his uh, reggaeton style song is very it's very weird i just watched it Go check it out. It's on the Eurovision um, YouTube channel. Elena Furiasi, she's best known for starring as Vicky in El Internado, the boarding school. It's a teen drama thriller. Um, she's been in many TV shows and films, but I was most interested in seeing that she competed on Spain's version of MasterChef, MasterChef Celebrity Series 4, um, just a year after Dicho y Hecho. So like I said, a big difference here. It makes a much bigger difference than you would think it would to have six contestants instead of five. Um, another big difference, they do not kick things off with the prize task. Um, instead, they kind of split up the other tasks with presenting a couple of them at a time throughout the two hours of the episode which i think is kind of um does a disservice to the people who go first because by the time you get to the last person it's well over an hour later so i will go through those as they happen in the episode but i'm gonna have a hard time remembering the earlier ones as well so instead of a prize task we start with the first film task, paint a horse while on a horse. Of course, we saw this task in the original Taskmaster Series 1, Episode 1. Um, Leonor and Sakun are shown first. They are not carrying the paints with them on the horse, but instead have to ride over to the palette and dip their brushes in there as they ride past. This seemed like it made it a lot harder than if they had the palette with them um so that they had to kind of think ahead and then they were kind of stuck with whatever paint they had on each lap 
Um, so we we see Sakun's uh, brown demogorgon blob with three legs, um, and Leonor she paints the butt, tail, and hind legs of the horse. She claimed that she was uh, uh, creating a different plane, a different perspective to look at the horse. Um, then we see Elena who paints something that looks like it's on fire when she turns it upside down. Uh, she paints basically a brown, yellow, and red blob. Pablo gets bouncing a lot during this. Um, he does paint a pretty good horse with a whole background and everything. Um, the horse itself was just like a black outline of a horse. So I guess the actual part of the task wasn't that good. But then he realized after doing the painting that it didn't say specifically that you had to paint. It just said that you had to make the best portrait of a horse. And so he gets back on the horse and takes a picture with his phone and then posts it to Instagram with a bunch of stickers on it. Next, we see David, who really tries to brainstorm how to get around having to ride the horse. Um, he eventually asks for a smaller horse and uh, and then also works around the whole pallet having to uh, ride by and dip into it by asking Carbacho to carry the paint beside him. Um, he made a pretty good horse, even had the green bridle on it. So, um, I th yeah, his was really good. And Grisaldi's was also very good. Um, but she really goes out of the way to not ride a horse. Um, she first asks the cameraman to become a horse and then switches to miming riding a horse uh, using one of the A-frames that was holding up the, the, the kind of ta work table with all the supplies on it. Um, her painting was messier than David's, but it was pretty good. Um, it did get the green bridle and also a kind of a red tongue. Um, it seemed like everything bled together as if she had been actually riding a horse. Maybe she was, um, miming the, the motion of a horse a little bit too much that she got just as much bumpiness as if she was on horseback anyway. But Pablo gets the six points for his innovative uh, photo technique. Uh, Guzzati gets five points. David gets four. Elena gets three. Leonor gets two. And Saikon gets one point. Then we see the first part of the prize task. Um, two of them are presented. The prize category is the object that is most difficult to acquire. Um, this seemed to have been interpreted in a, a few different ways, whether it was the most expensive, the most costly monetarily, or that it was just a very difficult task to, to, to obtain the item. Um, David starts things off with the ashtrays from airplane armrests. He tells a story about how he stole them from a plane after uh, smoking had been banished. Uh, Leonor has brought in a limited edition lithograph poster um, based on the show The Wire. It's uh, I, I have not watched The Wire. I I assume it's uh, it's a rendition of one of the the memorable bu buildings in the show. It is a pretty cool 
uh, pretty cool poster. But this was difficult for her to acquire because it was the last one at the store. And I guess she took it from a boy who was there. That reminds me real quick. The subtitles for this episode, I think they were just ran through Google Translate. Um, Because there are a bunch of words that are not translated and also um, names like Leonore's last name um, is consistently translated as washing. So I think it was just copied in there. It was a little bit challenging at times and super challenging for one of the tasks that we'll get to in a little bit. So there are some parts of this episode that I'm kind of iffy on of what they are talking about, um, mostly because of that. So apologies ahead of time. And for if it has already happened. Next up, we had the live task. They had to memorize the names of a rugby team, the names and numbers of a rugby team. And they all have to try to remember all of them which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, this is a version of the Australian football team name task from series one, episode four. They're in the same order that they are um, for the rest of the show, um, which means that Sekun is way far away from um, Carbacho. And so he complains about that, saying that he can't hear all the names because by the time the people get to him they're saying the names again over at the the front of the line and so he misses a whole bunch of them they each try to name all six of them it could have been that they would try to copy each other's answers but i think it probably confused things more than helped so only two of them had any of their name or numbers guests and were left to wonder who that is. It turns out that three of them, uh, three of the contestants, did not name anything correctly. Uh, Elena got one name but no numbers, so she got four points for being in third place. Um, Leonora got two names and no numbers, so she got five points for being in second place and despite all of his objections and he didn't even try for the middle three people but he totally nailed the first and the last person um to get two names and two numbers he gets the full six points so at this point i think that i like secunda la rosa the most out of every everybody and maybe Leonor um second most by the end of this episode i feel like i've watched a whole season of this <laughs> and i i do like all of them um for different reasons next up we have the second part of the prize task elena uh brings a gitano espanol dictionary uh she's half gitano which is um spanish romani um, and she had been looking for a Calo dictionary um, and eventually found this one after years of searching. 
Uh, she mentions that she would love to have it back after the show if she doesn't win. Calo is a language spoken by the Spanish and Portuguese Romani. It is often used as an argot, which is a secret language for discrete communication amongst Iberian Romani. Um, Catalan, Gallic Galician, and Portuguese, and Spanish Calo are closely related varieties that share a common root. And then Sekun has brought in an Alexander McQueen's jersey or a, a sweater. Uh, this is another one of those stories that I, I didn't quite follow from the translation. Um, but what I got from it is that he was visiting London and he had never worn any luxury brand stuff. And so this was his very first like luxury brand clothing item. Um, and so, he, so he's really proud of getting it. And then it got stained by markers and it's like half faded red. Um, and I was not familiar with Alexander McQueen. Um, it is a British luxury fashion house that appears to still be in business. Next up, we had a task that nearly broke my brain. So um, find out about the Swedish person. This is a version of the task that we first saw in the original Taskmaster Series 2, Episode 1. Um, some differences with this one is that um, in the room, along with the Swedish person, on the table is a whole bunch of stuff. Um, there's a whiteboard, a calculator, a phone, a Swedish dictionary, and uh, a bell. And um, they do not have a specific list of things to find out. They just have to find out the most things about him. They're penalized if he answers them in Spanish, but he does understand them. Um, so they don't have to worry about figuring out how to ask him the questions. So after watching Bestie Tests season one, I thought it would be really fun to learn Swedish. So I've been doing that since like the end of January, and that's been pretty fun. Um, but in this instance, it was kind of overload because I, I understand Spanish a tiny bit. And of course, I speak English. And now I have a little bit of understanding of Swedish. And so hearing him speak Swedish but having Spanish subtitles and then hearing the contestants speak Spanish but with the English subtitles and the English subtitles aren't necessarily all that great. And then you add the other layer, <laughs> the, the, the translator that they can summon to come help them. It was a lot. The part that got me the most was... Um, so Leonor was doing really well asking her a bunch of questions and she asks about his dogs and he says one of his dogs is named Poika and the other is named Flika and those are the words for boy and girl and I wasn't really sure if he was saying that his dogs were a boy and a girl or that those were the names of them. Um, so I had to go back and watch that a couple of times and it he was naming them. Oh my gosh, it was really interesting to watch. Um, 
it was just very challenging and I kind of felt like I needed a nap afterwards. Anyways, Leonora is shown first. She does pretty well asking all kinds of family questions. Um, she uses the phone book to kind of come up with ideas of what his uh, profession might be. And then she eventually figures out, she thinks that she figures out that he is an Uber driver. His actual profession is translator, which I think is another really funny layer. Um, so Sekun, he asks him to draw something for him. It looked like a rocket, and that throws everything off. Um, and eventually, right at the very end, he's like, oh, you know all language. You're a machine that knows Swedish and Spanish. <laughs> so he, he just about got it, right? But only that one piece of information. Elena uses all kinds of methods to determine such facts as he has not killed somebody with a gun. She determines that he isn't gay because she drew a, 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 a man and a woman with a heart between them. And he said yes to that. Um, he's not allergic. He likes Chinese food and he says no to Hitler. So qu quite a bit of information extracted by Elena. Uh, then we had Pablo about halfway through his time. They have 20 minutes um, to get as much information as they can. Um, he realizes that the dictionary is a, is a Swedish dictionary. So he calls a school of languages. Uh, the first number that Siri calls is not active. Um, he rings the bell for the translator when he finds the note on the bottom of the bell. Um, and she comes in, tries to help him, but she can only translate to Chinese. And that is not useful at all. Super, super funny. David also figures out um, that he can summon the other translator. Um, but then he calls the Chinese restaurant that's on the the, the, the menu, uh, another one of the items on the table, and he asks someone there to translate what she's saying. Um, and eventually they're like, um, we're busy. We can't really talk anymore. <laughs> so he feels pretty miserably. He really gets hung up on trying to communicate with her instead of the Swedish man. Um, so he gets barely more information than Sekun does. Um, and then we have Guizade who calls her Swedish friend named Cesar Saracu, and she as asks a whole bunch of questions, but somehow does not ask as many as Elena was able to. So Elena with the most information, I uh, got six points. Gazade gets five, Leonora gets four, Pablo gets three, David gets two, and Sekun gets one point. Then we see the third part of the prize task. Gazade brings in a certificate that her hometown gave her uh, this is the tomato of honor um, to kind of show how proud they were of her being an actor and stuff. The Tomatera. Next up, we had a live task, another live task. Pop up the tent, put on the onesie, the fastest wins. We saw this as the very first live task of the original Taskmaster Series 1, Episode 1. 
Um, Pablo sings the task instructions out. That was very fun. Um, it was frantic, but it does seem that everybody mostly has a handle on what's going on. Nobody's trying to cheat by just standing behind the tent or anything like that. Everybody does actually get inside of them. Um, Gazade gets six points for uh, finishing first. Um, David gets five. Paolo gets four. Elena and Sekun are so close together that they are rewarded three points each. And Leonor never gets out of the tent. Uh, from what I could tell, she was maybe trying to change out of her clothes and then get into the pajamas because she says, uh, don't, don't lift it up because I'm naked. <laughs> kind of bonkers. Next up, we have uh, knock over all of the ducks. Uh, we saw this in the original series, series four, episode one. Um, it's the same sort of setup. We had two kind of sections of fence that have a line of ducks on top of each of them. And then one uh, little row of ducks um, on the ground. Elena is shown first. She attempts to build a slingshot out of a couple of long cardboard tubes and a bungee cord. Um, that does not work very well. And she just ends up throwing a bunch of stuff. Uh, she takes three minutes and 15 seconds, but it's shown that she crossed the imaginary line many times. Then we add Leonor. Uh, she was shown at the same time as Elena. Um, she just throws a whole bunch of stuff. She takes four minutes and 34 seconds. Um, then we see all of the men, Pablo and David both grab a hose it is not effective at all. They just get everything wet. Sekun grabs a leaf blower. It is even less effective than the hose was. All very, very bad. They finally get second attempts going, and then their clocks finally start. I think that's how it works, is that those really bad first attempts didn't affect anything because um, they didn't knock anything down. Uh, so Pablo, he makes a really long pole and then uh, ties a rope to the furthest wall to pull that down. Um, he takes two minutes and 58 seconds, but he knocked a duck off when he was attaching the rope. He does end up having that excused because it was an, uh, it was an accidental. Um, David's he attaches the hose that he was using for the water. Um, so he uses that a rope and he pulls all of those walls down. He did have a faster time than Pablo, but he accidentally kicked some of the ducks. So he's penalized a little bit for that. Then uh, Sekun, after a lot of consultation from Carbacho, he um, basically just ends up throwing a whole bunch of stuff. And then finally we see Gizale who reads, thinks, and acts accordingly. Um, she moves the rope barrier itself over to the fence so that she can easily reach it, knock off all those ducks, and then she moves the rope, rope barrier again to the further fence, knock those off, quick and easy, one minute and 15 seconds. She gets six points. Um, Paolo gets five points after being forgiven for that accidental single duck. David gets four points, Leonor gets three, Elena gets two, and the second gets one. That brings us to the final section of the prize task. We see Pablo's contribution. Um, it is a statue from Tanzania of a man doing an enema. 
Um, it was difficult for him to obtain it because it was very expensive. Um, they quoted a large price to him. He tried to send his friend who is thinner than he is. And they said that they had reserved it for a fat guy. So the boss, Annabelle, ranks the prizes. Leonora gets six points for her poster of The Wire. Pablo gets five points for that statue of the enema. Uh, Guizalde gets four points for her Tomato of Honor certificate. Sakun gets three points for his Alexander McQueen sweater. Elena gets two points for her Gitano Espanol dictionary. And I think David is lucky to get even one point for his illegally ascertained airplane armrest ashtrays. The final filmed task of the episode is choreograph a dance to a ringtone. We first saw this task in the UK, series four, episode four. So part of this is that Carbacho is their dancing partner and everybody utilizes him very, very well. Um, Elena does a chicken dance over a footage of a chicken farm. All the cute little chicks in that chicken farm, uh, they fall in love and then they both produce eggs. Pablo does a rap video sort of thing representing the Zulus with some tribe dancing and then they end up playing basketball, but they're dressed in like kind of hip hop clothes, like they're they're doing a hip hop video or something. Uh, Sekun uses a typewriter as a prop and uh, creates a Dicho de Hecho music video, the song of the summer. Um, I thought at first that Annabelle did not like it, but she actually ended up loving it. Um, I think him performing it in the studio put it over the top. Um, yeah, that was that was really fun. Uh, Leonor creates a sort of like 80s like sweat dance routine um and they end up falling they both fall backwards into the green screen and like knocking it over uh david creates a, a, a sort of story about an astronaut and an alien on mars astronaut like teaches him uh how to have feelings and stuff like that i kind of understood it annabelle did not understand it at all Grisalde creates halta fusion um mixing traditional roots with gin carbacho chimes in um so i did not know very much about jota um the jota is a genre of music and the associated dance known throughout spain most likely originating in aragon the jota is danced and sung accompanied by castanets and the interpreters tend to wear regional costumes it's usually in three four or six eight um for the ringtone it totally makes sense that she did this style of dance and the the style of dress that they were in um they they used the nokia ringtone but it was like the cl a classical fully instrumentated version of it i don't think it was the full original song uh grand vals um composed by francisco torrega in the 19th century um because it uh, was mostly just that melody and then some of the background and stuff there's some great youtube videos talking about the origin of the nokia ringtone oh and uh, francisco torrega is a spanish composer so the points for that task six points to go to Sekun for creating that song of the summer 
about Dijo Ihecho. Uh, then we have five points to Elena, four points to Pablo, three points to Leonor, two points for Guizade, and one point for David because she didn't get it at all. Then the final live task, another song, perform a song about a stranger. Um, so they have this stranger come out and Carbaccio ask her a whole bunch of questions um, that everybody can take notes on to create their verse of the song. They have um, 10 seconds each to improvise a verse to the tune of, to the tune of Los Parajitos um, or the chicken dance song. That song, um, using the answers that have been obtained. Um, her name is Lady Madeline Muffin from Liverpool. She loves gin. Gin keeps coming up in this episode, um, and uh, a bunch of other stuff. I can try to recreate any of the things that they said um, because it was a lot. Some of it uh, didn't actually have subtitles, so I just had a guy kind of go by how much i enjoyed each of their verses i thought the music was very fast for what they had to do um pablo was very bad musically at it um leonor i thought was amazing um compared to any, everybody else anybody um Sakun, i think was doing really well except that he kept cracking up and that disrupted his flow quite a bit um, but Annabelle enjoyed all of it and gave six points to everyone for this final live task. So the scores for the episode, David in last place with 22 points, Sekun had 28 points, Leonor had 30 points, Elena 31 points, Pablo with 33, and the winner was Guizade with 34 points. She wins all of the hard-to-obtain stuff. And I'd say all of these items were made even more difficult to obtain because you also had to win an episode of Dicho y Hecho. That is it for this first episode of Dicho y Hecho. Um, it was a, a big challenge for a bunch of the reasons that I talked about. Um, but, man, I am, I am bummed out that they didn't just finish the season. So from what I've read, it was it was canceled mid-season because of the uh, viewing figures. And if I had to guess, a big part of that had to be the two-hour runtime. That is a lot to ask of any TV show. That's a, that's a huge, huge time commitment. So anyway i am gonna watch the remaining four episodes i am looking forward to it um let me know what you thought about this episode by tweeting me at tiw podcast go to tiwpodcast.com for more episodes big 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 shout out to taskmaster.info um it's helped fill in a lot of the gaps to figure out um some of the stuff that is going on and all of the scores so go check out taskmaster.info for all of your stats needs across all of the different international taskmasters awesome awesome site of course you can subscribe to this show over on itunes on spotify or your podcatcher of choice you can find all those links at tiwpodcast.com 
Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time here on Taskmaster is Wonderful Podcast. Bye.